Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have special guests Jonathan and Chris from Minute Impossible. Welcome. Yay. Yay, we're here. Hey, we're here, yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're, yeah. we're super happy to be here. Yeah, we're very yeah. happy to be here. I'm, I'm Jonathan. I'm the Jonathan yeah. voice, for those of you that and, and I'm the Chris voice, for you guys, you know, that don't know us. <laughs> I'm the Dave voice, and I don't know if that's clear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still the Sean voice. For we're the now. two people that don't have uh, Eastern Coast uh, accents. Exactly. We have Southern accents. Forget about it. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh, hey. All right. Well, so, <laughs> hey, so we, uh, you know, we're, we're here to talk about minute seventy-one. And uh, so, Dave, you know, what's going on? Minute seventy-one. <laughs> <laughs> well, in minute seventy-one, Rita says that he shouldn't see this as a curse. Uh, it just depends on how you look at it. Uh, she says it's been a really nice day for her, and she would like to do it again. But then Rita is shocked that nothing changes at midnight. And then Phil asks her if she's going to leave now. <laughs> and that's yeah. And that's yeah. where the minute ends. So yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Dave. Yes. <laughs> thanks for the. All good right. Job. Well, so that's all we He's have. Not the best color man thanks in the stuff. league for nothing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good minute. We'll go on. Yeah. No. So this is a, a, a really ex- exciting minute. Obviously, there's there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, it's it's psychological. You know, it's not a lot of action, but it's you know beneath the surface. It's a lot of bad uh, action. Yes. Yeah, which is the best kind, right? If, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I'm I'm finding that I'm wondering a lot is even when we see good Phil, is it really good? Like, is he really being good or is he just acting good towards some end, some not good end? And certainly we've seen him trying to seduce Rita and trying to get in you know, getting good with her. And so there's, you know, he's, Phil has given us reason to doubt him. I'm not just a, you know, a cynical, suspicious kind of guy by nature. It's, you know, it's Phil. Um, And, and one thing that I think the line that struck me most is this minute is when he, that, gosh, you're an upbeat lady. Yeah. (laughs) I thought the same thing. I'm like, he seems, is he genuine there or is he just like pretending or is he playing the part? You know, yeah, the, that, that's the first line that came to mind about it too. The problem in the heel turn in this movie is he's such a Vinkman that you don't know when he's like, gosh, you're upbeat. You're like, is he being an ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell with, you know, all the characters of the nineties for him are, I, I think that might just be Bill Murray in general. <laughs> it, it is. That, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, well, because we've seen him. There was the earlier scene where they're like making the snowman and then they get in the snowball fight. And the first time we see it, and we don't know if this is like the first time they've done it, but at least the first time we see it, it's kind of it's sincere. And then they show that that evening ends up with Phil getting slapped. And we kind of go back and we see them repeating that scene over and over again. And we see as it goes on. Phil's trying to, you know, recapture the magic of that first time and he's repeating the same lines and they get over rehearsed. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they stop sounding natural and it sounds purposeful. It sounds like he's reading from a script. It doesn't sound natural. This is the furthest he's gotten 
uh, not sexually, but like in with Rita emotionally, right? This yeah. is the yeah. first yeah. time this is happening. Them the being in bed together, yeah, and snuggling, right? That yeah, I think we know about. And that's the thing is we don't see earlier this day. It cuts from like them leaving the diner, going through the park, and then now mm-hmm. they were they're in bed throwing cards into the hat, right? Mm-hmm. So we obviously, well, she's see. obviously got her guard down. She would not go to the fill of earlier in the day for her his bedroom unless something pretty momentous had happened. She would not be in his room because she knows mm. what that means to earlier Phil. Yeah. So they must have had a pretty good day because, yeah, even earlier that again, following that scene with the, the snowman, he did get her up to the room. But it was, you know, it was kind of like, hey, you're you know, you booked me in this room. You're paying for it. You know, do you want to see Do you want to take a look kind of thing? And but she wasn't she wasn't sitting on the bed. Yeah, I think that's the- a. Yeah, getting someone up to your room is like one step. If they're sitting on the bed, that's another step in <laughs> yeah. terms of intimacy. Um, so, yeah, this must be, at least from Phil's perspective, the best day that they've had so far. This is kind of the, the furthest he's gotten. And yeah. Rita brings up a good point. Uh, what would you guys do? If you, I, you guys might have talked about this in previous minutes. What would you do with A Thousand Lifetimes? Because I, I assume at this point he's saying, is he saying, are we are we learning as viewers that he's done this a thousand times or is she just generalizing? How many times do you think are we into this now? It's it's a lot. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. know where that where that thousand lifetimes comes from. If, if that's it's probably it might we just be a colloquialism. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen him say something that's particularly a thousand, but we can get we can get hints when he says like earlier when they're talking about. Uh, you know, tossing playing cards into a hat. And he says, uh, you know, I think it was like, you know, four to six months, six hours a day tops, you know, in terms of how much you need to practice that to get really good at it. And I think, I think that's one area where we can trust Phil when he says something like, oh, I've seen Heidi to a hundred times. You know, I've seen this movie a hundred times, or I've, you can spend six months practicing tossing a card into a hat that, that he's actually spent that amount of time doing those things. I think and, my point. I think my point. Yeah. Is, there's two. My point's twofold. One. What would you guys do if you had unlimited the unlimited time? And two. Is this has he been there in a limited amount of time, or do we have? I, I know there's probably on the internet someone has tried to figure out how many years he has spent at this point. Mm-hmm. But I I don't really. That's not as interesting to me as what you would do if you did have if you were an immortal, omnipresent immortal because you kept repeating the same thing. I I think her. Her fascination yeah. with it in this minute is the first time we're seeing her not being shocked with. She's totally okay with it, yeah. <laughs> which is also a weird, you know, she's like, hey, you just got to make the best of it. That's a really cavalier thing to say to someone that is literally living their day over over and over again. Right. And he's not. It's it. Yeah. Because he's not presenting it as a gift. You know, he's not saying, isn't this great? I get to do this over and over again. I'm this wonderful God. You know, he's still kind of down on it he's coming around a little bit but he's still like this is a slog you know i have to do the same thing over and over again or i just have to relive the same day and that she's coming in and so i before we answer that question of what would what would we do with with a thousand lifetimes there's a um there's a there's a line there's a deleted line that's in the in the script that when um, I, I guess it would be it would come at the very beginning of this minute. Um, it's the line from Phil that kind of crosses over between last minute and this, 
where he's saying, uh, you know, it doesn't make any difference. I've killed myself no many so many times I don't even exist anymore. Ugh. And the line from Rita is, that was deleted is, um, or you're completely clean, that you've died so many times that you're clean. That she's, she's seeing each of these rebirths as a fresh start. So he's gone clear. He's purged the thetans out of his body. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. tie it into something that we <laughs> have to do. Yeah, with we're, we're, we're finding out, yeah, we're finding out our, Rita's, our oh, no, Rita's, Rita's been a Scientologist this whole time. And, and we're just, <laughs> Who knew? Um, so, so think about it. Yeah. So if you had a thousand lifetimes and, you know, on the one hand, you have the knowledge and the experience of what you've lived before. But the other hand, you have the cleanliness. You have the fresh start that you don't need to bring things forward from, from one day to the next. If, if you don't want to, what would you do? Look at, looking at this, I would, I, I say this now watching a movie that I know how it ends. I would <laughs> probably do what Phil does at the end earlier. I think being the hero is super fun. Like, being the guy who has the tire for the old lady, you know, having all that stuff, all the stuff set up, like his super day, yeah. when he literally does everything good. I, I love that day. That's my favorite. Oh, and him just, and not ever asking for thanks and just like running in, doing the good thing and then running out. I, yeah. I, I, I wish I was that person. I probably would be very depressed and probably not talk to people for at least six months. Mm -hmm. Like just stay in my bed. But I hope that's who I would be. I think yeah, I would I would probably learn yeah every every cranny every nook of the of the town like that would be the interesting thing is that you pick a new person and then you're like I'm going to learn everything I can about them and if I didn't learn enough today I will then come back and like almost sort of pick up the conversation of where it was I'll find my way there and then I'll learn everything about them and about the, and I will like go down block by block to each household. And learn everything to see. Oh, that'd be like, cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. And make a history about it. Like you, like I know physically every word of mouth story, every book in this town. And uh, as one of our uh, guests, Carolyn, put, I'll poop in every toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that could be really interesting because there's there's a couple works of fiction like that that get into kind of the nitty gritty of things that appear. Just kind of appear ordinary and uninteresting, but when you dig in, you find out everyone's got a story to tell. There's there's something for everyone. So yeah, if you had that town to thoroughly research, or that time to thoroughly research, even a supposedly kind of boring, um, you know, boring 364 days of the year town. The only exciting thing is this groundhog. But if you had the time to dig in, there probably are a lot of interesting stories to tell. So this is in like Ponce a movies Quantum. by minute. His life is a life by minute. He just yeah. gets to go at, He is breaking it down one minute at a time, one day at a time, but it's just the same day. One yeah. day at a time. And honestly, I mean, like, you could honestly, like, then take all that knowledge and write the book and then, like, hand it to the historical society mm -hmm. and be like, there, there's yeah, your yeah. Co collection of every family story of this town. There, like, there's the ledger. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm, and I, I, to be, I, to be honest, I think I would start I would I would do a lot of what we see Phil do in the beginning where he's like I <laughs> just can eat. just I yeah, <laughs> I can eat everything. I would go to the diner and just be like I'm going to eat my way through the menu. Give me <laughs> yeah. the breakfast menu and then 11:30 around noon I'll be, I'll have eaten all the breakfast stuff. All right. 
bring the lunch menu over and I'm just going to keep going. And I'd probably, you know, I'd, I'd have some of that. I think I'd do some of, um, and, and going back to the, the, the first screenplay from Danny Rubin, the groundhog ball at the end, originally that's a party that Phil plans. Phil plans his own party. And he is obviously, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time in the planning, but in the end, he has to do it all in one day. He has to get a band, he gets a cake, he books the room, he does everything. He basically does the, the groundhog ball that we see in the movie, but he has to plan it all. I could see doing that, like, because that's kind of thinking of, of, like, the days really that I enjoy are kind of like the days I have where at the end of the day I feel like, oh, that was a good day, where I, like, I plan a lot of things and everything happens just at the right time and I get a lot done and then it all comes together at the end kind of thing. I could see doing now he gets at what point do I make like the philosophical breakthrough that I'm starting to really do things for other people and not just doing it for myself. I I don't know. I don't know when I have that breakthrough, but in terms of just what do I do? Yeah. And I could see learning an instrument, learning a language and not necessarily, not necessarily to impress somebody. I mean, he does a lot of this for, um, we know he does at least some of it for Rita that, you know, one of the things when, when she was talking in the diner about her perfect man or her perfect mate, one of the things she says, oh, you know, he plays an instrument kind of thing. And, and we know at least at least initially Phil's motivation for getting into poetry and learning how to play the piano and learn, you know, learning music are, it, you know, the the motivation comes from Rita that he's still doing it for her doing it to try to impress her because this is what he thinks she's going to like. Um, and I could see like just doing that. Yeah. Doing that on your own, not needing to do that for another person. Like, wouldn't that be cool if, yeah, you had forever to learn an instrument or learn a language or learn ice sculpture and stuff like that. I don't know if I'd want to learn piano though. I took piano. I hated it. So I, <laughs> having the, it, it, having more time sounds like a nightmare to me and being like, Oh, I'm going to learn piano. Oh, screw this. I hate piano. I, I'm going to hate it in 10 years. I'm going to hate it in two years or however long it takes me to learn. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the selfish part of me. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's it's impractical because he doesn't have a piano. He can't, like, have a piano delivered up to his room right. at the bed Every and breakfast. Day. So, like, so he's got to, yeah, he's got to pay this piano teacher $1,000 just to practice, just to get on a piano. Whereas, like, you know, if it was, like, guitar or ukulele or harmonic or something. That's a good question. Uh, It's not in this scene, but since we're talking about the moral ramifications of having the money, is that the stolen money he's using every time? Or does he have (laughs) $1,000 in cash? Because that means that at the end of the last day, the final day, he still stole the money to pay her. (laughs) Because he's he's opened up his own bank account just in case he, you know, finally gets past the day. So he's got all this money now. Yeah. Did he steal that money? Is he always stealing that money? (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah yeah that's a question because essentially yeah i, I mean, bring in do... the deep questions yeah. guys <laughs> that's no it's a good question yeah, no yeah. that's it's important to keep in mind well and i think it's important because at in the end um and and we we don't keep to we don't pretend we don't know what happens obviously i've, I've talked we've already talked about stuff that hasn't happened yet so we can we can kind of talk about future minutes and in the end I think we're su- we're supposed to think as the audience that this movie has a happy ending and Phil has kind of really changed around. 
But it's important to keep that in mind. Like, yeah, if he did, he rob a bank on that last day. And if everything he yeah. did, he did every time, like every act uh, other than trying to kill himself. If he mm-hmm. if he did every other act, like trying to save the bum. I mean, does he still try and save the bum on the last day or does he give up? We don't know what kind of heartless is, is Phil. Yeah. This may be better later on. <laughs> for yeah. Those, for those <laughs> well, kind of well, I guess I'll, I'll, you know, I think we can talk about it. I mean, and, and, and you guys, Chris and Jonathan, you can talk about it. Dave, we should hold off because we'll be here when it comes up. Yeah. But something just to kind of put in the audience's mind that that's actually something that just occurred to me because that last day is such a whirlwind, at least for me. I forget some of the other things that are going on. And it was just recently I was rewatching the movie and I'm watching that bit at the end. He's at the groundhog ball and playing piano and, 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 you know, happy ending. Woo, isn't this great? And, you know, Larry's a loser. Ha ha ha. And then, then like the light bulb went off. I'm like, wait a second. The, the old guy, he's not at the groundhog day ball. Like the old guy is still dying in an alley somewhere. Yeah. While Phil's playing piano and yucking it up, and like, so right. did he give up on uh, trying to save someone he couldn't? He's that, but that means that man died by himself, miserable and alone in an alley and froze right. to death. Yeah, it's unless like, yeah, unless, unless like unless earlier the day he got him in the hospital earlier, he knows he won't live, but at least he knows he'll be comfortable. But they didn't have it in there, so it makes me think he didn't do that because I think they would put in something that's tonally mm-hmm. Phil being a good guy, right. I think they would add that and it would like you would hear like here, even if it's by a, the mayor, it's like, oh, you're so great. Thanks for bringing the uh, old Jim to the hospital day. What a great guy. You know, like something in passing. So we all know, OK, Jim's taken care of whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are we just not supposed to think about old Jim? It seems nope, like we're not supposed him. to think about He's it. He's old and dying. Let's <laughs> we, move we've on. Already, we've movie. already moved past that because we saw that he died and that no matter what he's going to do, he's going to die. So the audience has now moved, moved past it just like Phil has. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not and, great. <laughs> and another thing to think about. So Phil and Rita have spent this day together and they're getting to know each other and they're getting closer. So did Phil not do the Heimlich maneuver on Buster? Yeah. I'd, <laughs> we, like, so the old man's dead. Buster's dead. Like every there's just corpses strewn across the town. Oh, but Phil's having a good day with Rita. So it, instead of saving Buster, he helped those old ladies with the with the tire. <laughs> so you know, you're like, oh, OK, well, yeah. that's, that's a good trade off. You know, yeah. it's, it was Buster's time to go, guys. <laughs> it was just it's honestly a really that would actually be an interesting thing if he said these things before we saw them in the movie. Mm-hmm. So he he like he stands up and she's like, "What do you usually do if uh, you know if you're if you're if we're not here in the room?" And he like stands up and he says, "Well, I could be and yeah, he says I could be giving a Heimlich maneuver to Buster. Otherwise, he's going to choke to death." And and he could say all these like horrible things that happen and then and he could say like, "But you know, I have to you know I have to prioritize what I'm going to do the day or something because it would it would it would have that weird like God complex of like who do you who are you saving? Yeah, you can't save everybody in a day. Did he save the kid on the last day? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, now that we're bringing up all the things that he didn't do, <laughs> did he save that kid on that last day? I think I can't he remember. does. I think that's the last. Okay, good. Day. I, well, see, it's funny that they kept those in, like but, those linchpin yeah. minute day. You know, day. You know, those are like the fun things. It's always him looking at his watch and running because he knows. <laughs> well, though, I, I I wonder, like some of the things he does. Okay, like the Heimlich maneuver on Buster. That's a pretty big deal. You can die, you know, if you're if you're if you're choking and and someone, you know, and something doesn't happen to change that situation like that's serious. But like three old ladies getting a flat. And this is one of the things that's always bothered me about Superman. It's like, why are there like he's Superman? 
Why is there any crime at all? He should be able to stop everything because he's super fast with the super hearing and the super sight. So he knows what's going on. Like well, we talked about this on uh, yeah. we, we were talking in our mixer yeah. in our mixer group. We were talking about uh, Red Sun, that comic book where he's uh, uh, grows up in Russia. Mm-hmm. And that's basically yeah. that Superman. It's he doesn't allow anything to ever go wrong anywhere. Hmm. And it's I mean, it's not exhausting to him because he's Superman. So exactly. Uh, yeah, this movie has this movie raises as many questions as it answers, which is good. That's a good movie. I mean, that's yeah. the whole the moral dilemma of this movie is what do you do with a thousand lifetimes? That's the good, kind of wraps up, you know, what you yeah. was saying in this minute is what do you do? What do you do? Do you save everyone? <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously, he may have saved Buster, but he let the old man die. Right. So I just, I question the priority. So like... I throw the old man under the kid. That way the, the kid lands <laughs> on the old man, breaking his fall, and the old man dies in two birds with one stone. That's what I would right. <laughs> and, you know, That you way go, the kid like feels it. the guilt of killing the old man. Yeah, I would, and then I would create like a Rube Goldberg effect of having other people affect other people so I could take care of all these problems. <laughs> oh my so God. the kid falls on the old man... Who like as he dies kicks a spare tire that rolls, right. that rolls all the way through the town <laughs> until it rolls past the old ladies. And the old ladies change their tire and they run into the rest. Uh, their the car runs into the restaurant, restaurant. that that Buster is uh, choking in. Yeah, <laughs> they re- yeah they 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 burst through a window and they hit Buster and the impact <laughs> dislodges you know the piece of food from his mouth. Exactly. Are, are the the fright from it just makes me yeah. spit it out? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There you go. I mean, so, I wonder if there was a day where he just like went all chaosy on everybody and just kind of just, you know, just ripped the town apart just to that's see if he could. That's one thing we never saw. You know? we, we see him taking his own life. Yeah. Do you think he's ever taken everyone else's life? I'm kind of thinking he might have. <laughs> that would be a twisted way to do it. He goes full Joker on the town and just anarchy everywhere. Yeah. In one of his death lines, he does say, I've been shot. So I do assume that maybe he does go full villain and then the police just put him down yeah <laughs> and he's like yeah fine death by cop let's do it and he just because if you're gonna do that i would just yeah. run up to whatever wally or whatever his name is the guy the the security guard who leaves the money out grab his gun and then go run off and then have somebody shoot you <laughs> yeah just like oh, butch cast and sun sundance style just you know or blaze of glory blaze of glory right you never take me alive copper Maybe, maybe that's why he's he's happy that Rita's upbeat about it. Like maybe he's like, "Ah, oh, I can throw anything at you, and you're gonna give me an upbeat answer to it." Yeah, that's why he he likes it. Like he's like, "You you can just look at the bright side of all the things I have to think about every day, all like the decisions and conversations." Yeah. Well, she she is an upbeat lady, and so uh, so the the clock turns midnight with a, with a solid oh. a solid friendship hug. That's what I wanted to say. They have a oh, yeah. solid friend. It's a friendship hug. But it's honest. It's it's honest and earned, you know. And then she says, "Yeah, it's, a, it's been a nice day, and she would like to do it again." And yeah, it feels it feels like a little heartwarming for what the situation is. And then yeah, it's, it still seems very chaste, though. It's very it's very cute. It's not sexual in any way. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels right. that's what I say. It feels honest. It doesn't feel like this yeah. has been his plan all day. It's like, I'll get her in bed and hug me. <laughs> No, it feels like, what, a, what a weird plan. Yeah, I'll take what I can get. No, it feels like, yeah, it feels honest. One, well, and, and I think maybe, you know, that's, I think that's part of the lesson that that Ramus is trying to tell us through this. That So this, this day is, obviously, you know, it's been rehearsed. 
there's things that Phil, you know, has been through and knows this isn't just, you know, this isn't real in terms of really his first time doing all this. But he does seem to be acting honestly and sincerely that the goal, the plan here is to have a good day with Rita. It's not, well, let me have a good day so at the end we can get romantic. You know, he he's starting to kind of cherish the days themselves. You know, the, it's about the journey, not the destination. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it kind of ends up, yeah, in sort of a friend zone kind of way that, you know, they're hugging. They have, like, yeah, a, you know, a, a platonic friendly hug. She's sitting on his bed, but it's not it's not romantic or salacious. But he's he does seem to be enjoying it, that there is an honest appreciation for for this journey of having a good day without worrying about where it's going to end. Like he's finally letting go of the expectation of what's going to happen at the end of the day. And it only took him a thousand lifetimes to do it. But I also think that that's where his turn comes as a character where he's just like, you know, it's anything's possible at this point for him. Mm -hmm. So as a clock, as a clock turns to midnight, she is surprised that they're both there and nothing is, maybe she was like, like for a moment excited, like, Oh, what if I do vanish? You know, like, <laughs> like oh, I'll be hurt? part of, yeah, like, I'll be part of something. I'll be like, yeah, they'll like warp me back. <laughs> I love it. If I'll <laughs> vanish or you vanish. And, and he's, I, I never said midnight. Yeah. <laughs> a nice hit with the pillow too. You know, yeah, that's the, that's the thing about movies like this or, or anything that has some sort of rule to, or not rule to it, but like, the idea that he's going to wake up the next day and it's the same thing. What are the rules for that? Is it is it it's midnight? It's the Mogwai rule. Uh, yeah, what exactly. Is <laughs> what is it? What, yeah. it, it what East Coast, West everything. Coast. What wait, exactly? What's the reset button on it? Now we, and we know part. it's Punxsutawney six a.m. Yeah, standard. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I, yeah. I I I have a lot of unanswered questions about the the Mogwai thing. Oh yeah, because that one's, that one's the just yeah, that's yeah. The, uh, lazy writing. Take that, George. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they're if, like if they're Chinese, shouldn't it be like midnight in China, not midnight? You know, wherever they are. Or, you know, how does that happen? Like, can they tell time? How do they? You know, how do they know? All right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah, you're trying to pitch your uh, your guest spot for Mogwai Man. Okay. There you it. go. <laughs> um, it just yeah. Works. So, but yeah, this is a little bit of like. Um, well, it's. Rita, it doesn't quite think Phil is as crazy, or she's not treating him as crazy as she did earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, she's in, very in chill a, with it in a different yeah. day. Yeah, but this is a little bit, I think, like when you know when someone's maybe not crazy, but a little delusional, and then you confront them with the delusion and be oh, like, yeah. "See, like here's proof. It's it's after midnight and nothing happened." And then oh, it's he's like just all those. Like, it, it's like all those cults that are like, today, the earth will end today, and then it doesn't, and they're yeah. faced with that realization. They're like, did we say today? Well, no, we never actually said today. We, we miscalculated. Said they can't right. handle their own. Yeah. Oh, you think, you think, do you think Rita was trying to like catch him in a, in a lie? In a, in his craziness? Or do you think she truly believes him? Well, that's right. I was, I, I, I kind of think about Around 50, well, 56, when she backs up to the far corner of the room, it yeah. does feel like that. Like, she caught him, like, aha. And, you know, and I think he's more kind of, kind of, it's like a, not necessarily scared, but like a sadness is like, oh, you're going to, like, is that it? Like, it was just an experiment. Are you going to leave now? Like, is it that, that I didn't fulfill, like, this role, this, this timeline role that, like, you're going to leave? So it kind of, you know, it's, it leaves us hanging on that. Yeah. Well, because it wasn't, it's not like, oh, 
oh, she just happens to glance at the clock. and Oh, it's five minutes after midnight. Nothing happened kind of thing. Like, she's watching the clock. Yeah. She's yeah. looking. She's waiting. She's, you know, she is, I don't know if she's really expecting something to happen. But, like, she, like, it's as, as soon as that clock flips, she's like, aha, it's midnight. Nothing happened. Because she went in, because she went in for the hug at 11.59. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Does that mean she still thinks that he's, like, like the bad film to some degree, you know? If anything, it, yeah, it does kind of make her less genuine than Phil at this in this one moment, where it's like I think Phil is being honest to her about this, this is me, this is my life, and I'm not trying to gaslight you, I'm not trying to trick you, I'm not trying to play poker game, you know, uh, mm-hmm. po- parlor tricks. But to her, she's like, "Oh, be nice," and it's the last minute. She's like, "And I really enjoyed this day. Go for a hug," and then it'd be like, "Oh no, I'm not vanishing. What's going on here?" Oh, no, I made a horrible mistake. Yeah. Oh, no, I've given you interest in infection. No. Yeah, but... How dare you yeah, but me? There's still a playfulness to it. Because mm. even when she gets yeah. up, you know, she... I mean, when she hits him with the pillowcase, I mean, she could have hit him a lot harder if she was really upset. And she's, she's laughing yeah. and she's smiling like, oh, you knew I was waiting. You know, yeah. it's a, a friendly kind of prank kind yeah, of thing. We've, like we've she's seen f- her slap him in everything at this point, you know? Yeah. We know she can slap. Yeah. And and this is not that. This is a playful, we're, you know, even if she doesn't entirely believe what he's saying, because it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. But she, she it's, it's more like a game friends are playing than a prank, than something mean. Okay. And, you know, yeah. so she, she is smiling and she is laughing. But then she is also saying, you know, you knew I was waiting for midnight. And as you said, Dave, Phil's response is a very melancholy uh, does this mean you're going to leave? Gosh, you're upbeat, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you're, you're, up, you're an upbeat host. You think the best of Rita the whole time. <sighs> she's pure. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's where I started. I mean, no, she's not but, perfect, but uh, but yeah, I like Rita. It's good to have human characters with yeah with flaws <laughs> and stuff. They you know, not have like oh she's pretty and she's smart and she says the nice thing at all the right times. Like. It's good to have like a little flawed character, you know. She doesn't, yeah. She doesn't like fudge. She and doesn't she like doesn't, fudge. So she's you know. basically, or she's uh, the opposite of Deanna Troy from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, who just likes fudge. <laughs> I think we learned that in the first season. Right. She likes fudge. Who likes fudge and is very intuitive and in touch with people. <laughs> it's and just hard Rita. to hate fudge. I'm just saying. It's yeah, hard to that's hate. A good, that's a good episode title. It's hard to hate fudge. <laughs> it's hard to hate fudge. True. Right doesn't, that doesn't down. have anything to do with the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really like this. And usually, I you know I I like comedies that are funny. <laughs> That's another like... great title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean, I I don't like. I usually don't like comedies that get melancholy or have a serious moment or get quiet like this. But I feel there's an earnestness and there's an honesty to this movie that I really like. That I don't feel. Like, this doesn't interrupt the comedy for me. And, and I mention it just to point out that there's no there's no score. There's no background sound. Mm. There's nothing going on for, um, I think, the entirety of the minute. No. I don't think the, the background music doesn't come in until a few seconds into the next minute. This is, there's a couple different cuts. There's a couple different, whatever, I guess, cuts or whatever, shots in this minute. But it's basically, it's two characters sitting on a bed... Thanks again Talk. for these minutes, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a minute it. of that. Yeah. Thanks for not giving us anything like, you know, jumping off a cliff or driving around with a gopher or a groundhog in the car. No, no. 
Yeah, there's, we'll, get, we'll give yeah. you guys some good minutes. <laughs> yeah, you guys are good for this. You're gonna get. There's, there's, your guys yeah. are gonna get some real crap. <laughs> oh no, no! I want the good doves. <laughs> no, you're getting bad doves. Uh, no, bad doves. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There's no rats in this minute. There's no wire work. There's no knock list. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a, a couple characters making a real human connection. I think the acting is good. I know, um, I know Andy McDowell takes some hits. On, yeah, she uh, may, on she may take some hits in a, some future minutes for me, but <laughs> overall yeah. though, she's still, I mean, this is a very a sincere and cute scene. Like you said, yeah. look, I'm not saying you, you take her to a bar and then ask, you know, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to drink to? But yeah, she's, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Reed is fine. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, that, that's all right. So that's my notes for that because I don't want to go any farther because I want to save that for tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan and Christopher, anything else for minute seventy one? Okay. I'm good. Well, I'm good. All right. Well, so oh, I was going to ask them if our if our listeners oh, yeah. want to hear more of these these uh, these two and their goofball antics, where could they find them? You almost called us idiots. I, I held yeah, my I tongue. Say, I, I said goofball. Idiots. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear us, we're um, on the web. We just, as of this recording, have re- finished the first Mission Impossible movie, 110 episodes, and uh, Dave is a uh, three timer, so he's been on three times. There are only three people that have been on three times, four people. So congratulations, uh, Sean. We'll get you back on again. Sean has been on too. Uh, we're at minuteimpossible.com, and you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all the places a podcast are found, or find us on the Twitter at minimpossible, M-I-N, impossible. And you have your Tee Public. Yes, the they can Twitter. get those shirts. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> go to Tee Public and use their terrible search uh, function and try oh, and boy. find yeah. our T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you type in Minute Impossible, you'll probably get a Star Wars Minute T-shirt. <laughs> enjoy. So enjoy that, too. <laughs> Shout out to Star Wars Minute. All right. So, yeah, listeners, uh, check that out. That's a great podcast and, and great T-shirts. Um, <laughs> sort of. In theory. <laughs> and bad impressions. Yeah. And, uh, and good fudge. Uh, but but that is it for us. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Wait, are you going to leave? Groundhog Minute. Don't let them say your hair's too long.